forward, seeker. When petals fall like ashes, do not despair. Hip-hop is here for you, ready with the truth of you. When you feel sad and blue, stay strong, don't hide it, boo. Use its lyricism, not pills and potions. Make a conscious decision to calm iller minds' commotion. In this guide, you will find wisdom and knowledge foraged from MC Masters past. The everlasting healers, fallen heroes and dreamers, hip-hop speakers of truth. Use it with the youth, that they may blossom and shine with divine light, despite lifelong plights, through darkness at night, to live life fully, in joy's delight. Blessings and light from your guide, the Kizzer. Hey, this is Kizzy from Hip Hop Heels. Welcome to Glow With The Flow podcast. This is Chamber 13. So we got 36 chambers. This is season two. I've got an amazing guest with me who I've listened to this morning, written some bars for his mixtape, got really into passing back and forth a few of his tunes with my nephew in Australia and sent him an email. A few hours later, he's phoned me up and now we're doing the podcast today. So I'll let him introduce himself. So I'm with... You are with Mal. Um, I'm an artist from Merseyside. And yeah, that's basically who I am. Yeah, so tell us about yourself. Where did you grow up, Mal? So growing up, I actually grew up in quite a few different places. So I was born in Chester, there till around seven years old. And then I moved to Manchester and I lived there till around 11. And then I've lived in Merseyside ever since. Yeah, I can't tell from your accent or anything. What's popping off in, in the Merseyside at the moment? So, um, t- to be fair, from what I've been seeing from like the scene of Merseyside, there's like quite a lot of exciting things happening right now. And there's a lot of new artists emerging. Like, I feel like in terms of how the generations go in music, like mm. there's a newer generation now who's just like sort of taking that limelight now. So, I've just been, you know, respecting. What what you know the new sound is and just you know trying to take take from that what I need and then yeah, but um, I still try and keep that old essence of things. Yeah, so for any listeners from around the world that might not know where Merseyside is, they probably guess from your accent a little bit, but could you pinpoint the location for people? Merseyside is a county in the north of England, northwest of England to be more specific. The, the main city in Merseyside is Liverpool. And, you yeah. know, of course, <laughs> Liverpool and, you know, a lot of other great people that do come from um, where I'm from, yeah? Yeah, so you mentioned this new, fresh yeah. sound. What's that like? So, so to put it quite literally, I'd say, you know, the new sound is more towards an Afrobeat sound or the drill sound. And Ooh. I've noticed that, like, in this day and age, you know, uh, these kids aren't really right into hip hop, you know, as such, or even they might not even be able to name some of these, you know, pioneers in the music. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's what's interesting about it is that people who they consider a pioneer or it, it is something completely different. Someone that I, you know, who, who I didn't grow up with, but they're just a new artist now. Do you know what I'm saying? So who would they consider pioneers? There's there's a few artists I'd say who are now pioneer the sound like artists like Six Seven they sort of brought the and like Section Boys like they they around 2015 16 when the drill started to become 
like the sound of the UK, I'd say they're the more pioneers. And then in, in retrospect, when we look back in a few years, they're the artists we're going to see as like, you know, pioneering this new UK sound. People like Heady One and, you know, artists like that. And to be fair, I don't keep up with it like that anymore. To be fair, I still listening to Wu-Tang Clan, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you about your music journey. Hip hop can be like an infectious, you know, like a virus for people in a positive sense, and it can be like an addictive drug. And I think I got enraptured by it probably around 1994-95. I think I started to really get into it, and my brother, older brother, was playing. So my older brother is like about nine years older than me, so he was getting tapes from the cassette shop. And then playing me stuff like Wu Tang, Ghetto Boys, Far Side, Tribal Crest, that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my God, what the what on earth is this? It just sounded like something I'd never heard before. So we're from a different generation, I guess. So what how old are you now? So I'm 23 years old. So how did you first come across people like Wu Tang? So in terms of hip hop music. You know, at a very young age, around three, four, five, I'm starting to see music on the television. I'm seeing, you know, other black artists. I'm seeing black people on the television. I noticed, you know, obviously the, 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 the obvious similarities between myself and them. And I, I actually just gravitated towards it. And I always I always thought as a kid, like, I want to do that. But I never actually wanted, acted upon to being a musician or even try to do this until way later on. But I always had this thing inside of me like, yeah, I'm going to do that one day. Like, no I'm way. Do that. No way. I'm glad that you did because when I listen to your rap, it's like I can feel that you're in another place. Like, you know how you get some people and they're, they're spitting bars and I'm not making judgment, right? Everybody does things their own way. But your God-given talent is to rap. It's obvious because when you're like you've got raw videos i love the fact that your videos are raw because you don't need a flipping ferrari and you don't need 60 gal with loads of makeup and all that and it's not realistic for anyone even the most whatever person it's not realistic do i'd say it is not yeah. right. we couldn't really go and rent rent something and pay people to to, to make me look that's it, you know what I'm saying? Because the music should be the thing that speaks this this narrative, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, and it does, because like you're sitting in your bedroom with your, you know, your mic and your bloody mic cover on show and you're adjusting the camera or whatever. And none of that is relevant to me because I I'm I've been put into a trance, mesmerized, watching you go into a trance, looking mesmerized, because it feels like it's like some other powers coming through you and coming out of your voice, you know what I mean? I feel like, yeah, I feel like, especially like with like, see that specific video you're talking about, the video in my bedroom, like, I think that it, there's just a very genuine nature that it shows, because I was genuinely just, I got home from uni that day and I was bored, and I've obviously got loads of music there and I've got my camera and, I, you know, you're two and two together, I'm like, right, fuck it, so I just put the camera up, you know what I mean, I literally just placed it on a tripod, hit record and did like two takes, put them together, and like, that's obviously become like my biggest song, do you know what I mean, and I think that, that just the genuine nature of it, that, that like everyone can relate to being in, the, in that setting, do you know what I mean? Everyone's been there at one point, whatever, do you know what I mean? But like, I find it quite interesting, it was a few years ago now, but it's just interesting because I've, I've still got my little single bed in my old bedroom there and that, so it's like, yeah, yeah it's nice look. Well, I, I like that because I think, 
you know, you got your inner critic, you got your devil and angel, one saying, don't do it, people are gonna laugh at you, you look rubbish, that those bars are shit or whatever. And then the other one's going, you having fun, just do it. You know, you having fun, just do it. I like to take a leaf out of the person who I used to be back then, but because of of just the the the, the not the not caring for anything else other than and I've always been one to be like the, the visual just needs to show the person doing the music, you know what I mean? It doesn't need yeah. no extra, you know, whatever. Obviously it's nice to see a nice cinematic, beautiful piece of art, but you know, it's yeah. not it's not what looks to the person, you know what I mean? You can take the video away and still have that music being amazing, you know what I mean? Yeah, so let, what can you tell us about your process of writing? Because the work that I do is to encourage people to write because when you've got something burning in your heart, you've got some event that's happened or argument that's happened, you can do lots of things to make yourself feel better. Some of them are good for your health. Some yeah, of them are destructive. So, Writing is so a positive... I'd, yeah, that, so I'd say, for me, there's two types of writing. For the sake of the conversation, I'll just categorise one substantial and deep writing and meaningful writing. And then you've just got your skill and, you know, like characteristics um, focused writing, do you know what I'm saying? So they're two very different worlds for me, do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like a different individual as I'm doing these things. So No um, way, that's deep. So with the process of like doing something deep and that like, I really have to take myself into, and I'm very serious. Like when I'm writing it, I'm very serious in my, my process. You know what I'm saying? I'm very like, not, not, not on the outside is allowed to come and affect this, you know, this bubble or whatever. But then say the on the other side of writing with just creativity and being, being fun and playful with it, that's something that I might see something funny in the in the world or on the TV, and I'll be like, oh, because oh, da, 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 da. might rap something to do with that or something related, and these bars might come like I might write a little quick two bar because I thought of something funny, and I put it down in my phone, and then I might not even go back to that for for however long, you know what I mean? So that's it. There's a very much like there's a there's a different focus when it comes to different types of writing, but I'm glad that I can separate the two and you know utilize them both. You know what I'm saying? And not just have the one lane for for expressing your creativity because being deep and being emotional and being, you know, thought-provoking is great, but there needs to be that balance of, of fun and just, you know, you know, testing your skill at literature and rhyme or poetry, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, because, like, it's funny that you should say that because I was watching a video this morning about a Buddhist meditation technique called Vipassana. Oh, I mentioned on our phone conversation earlier, I've been doing yoga and meditation to help with my own mental health recovery and that. And I looked up the term Vipassana because I've heard it and I don't know what it means. And it means clarity, to mm -hmm. take clarity, to know in the moment exactly what is happening. And sometimes I find when I'm writing, I've written something and then I've looked back at it and it's created that clarity for me because it's cut through all the noise in my life. And when I... It's, it only happens with poetry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely it does, it does. And I feel like, you know, just like on this, on this subject of like meditation and spirituality, that is a massive, massive part of 
why my music ever became successful in the first place. Mm. Sometimes spirituality isn't the most prevalent thing in my life at all times. It's very on and off for me. But that initial time of my music starting to become somewhat successful, I spirituality, meditation, reading on like, you know, stuff of that nature was a massive part of my life. And off the back of that, and really having this true belief in manifestation and stuff like that, I start, I, you know, I really like, would look to the sky and really, you know, try and feel the energy and, and try and hone this energy to, to then release it in, in a way that it will be heard and like, until that point in my life of, of becoming spiritual, not becoming spiritual, realize we're all spiritual beings. With spirituality, one thing that I've learned was your body is just a shell and a, and a vehicle for your soul to live out its purpose. And beyond this, this life that we live now, your soul will not then transfer and the energy will transfer onto whatever the next place that you are, you are sent to or transcend or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. uh, these themes, these themes have definitely been a massive thing in my music. And without that, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. Do you know what? I'll be honest with you. I had this, uh, it's so mad. It's not going to believe this when I tell you, right? I had this meditation this morning. What I did, I did my yoga and I stopped. Instead of just getting up and rolling my mat, I just was like, I had a bad night's sleep, right? Two, say in the last three nights, I've woken myself up shouting, screaming, right? Mm -hmm. I had nightmares. So last night I woke up dreaming I was in Boomtown Festival and uh, somebody was being... You know when you look at two blokes in the crowd and you can see one's getting aggy about another one and the other one is just a stranger and they just walk past and one of them's got it in him, he's going to fight him. So in the dream, I clocked the fighty lad and the other guy was just big, cuddly, happy bear on it, you know, in Boomtown at a festival walking along. And I was like, he's gonna come up to him and he's gonna clock, he's gonna stump him. So I intervened and sort of like sort of tried to get break the fight and I, I, I like ushered the one guy away a bit and broke it up. Immediately after, I was walking along through through the crowd, and a girl saw me, and I just like I, I might have just brushed a, a little bit to it because I was trying to get to another field to catch my mates and my fella. So when she saw me, she she was like, she looked pretty prim and proper white middle class. And she she said something like, she said something to me like, just because you're black and um, blah, 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 blah. And I was thinking, I'm Indian, but like, you've been really narrow-minded, right? So she was being really, really horrible to me. And I, I only brushed her. So I ended up shouting myself awake and I went, I'm not black, and even if I was, fuck you! <laughs> and then I screamed it at the top of my lungs, right? When I say I screamed it, I was like, I'm not black! <laughs> my boyfriend woke up and he turned around and he was like, it's all right, it's all right, it's a dream. I've woken him up twice in the last three days like that. So I wasn't in a good place when I woke up. I was like, I woke up thinking I was about to have a punch up with somebody, and I'm not a violent girl. I've never had a fight, really. Do you know what I mean? So tends to you know have that feeling without it being a reality it's very yeah hard. yeah so I did some yoga and afterwards I thought do you know what I ain't gonna get up I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna just do a little bit of close my eyes and just breathe and then while I was doing that I just kept having these these words come in my head do it do it do it do it do it 
do it over and over again. Do it, 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 do it. And I was like, for fuck's sake, today, I can't procrastinate. I can't put things on pause. I love what I do with Hip Hop Heels. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the things I want to do. I started to listen to your tunes. And one of them, you do a little sign off, right? Where you're saying, big up to the producer. It's that, um, it's the truth thing. Part um, two, right? And you said when I say, is it something like when I say, you know, don't look up to me, sort of thing, or, or is it towards the end? That, that, the whole track I resonated with, but at the end, you signed off and you said, "Peace and love to everyone in it, everyone here," right? Yeah. And then it blew my mind because I'd literally I sent the vocal of a spoken word piece that I wrote, yeah. the first ever piece that I ever felt like. I could put that to some beats. And I've always felt like, you're not a rapper. Don't try and rap. Don't try and write bars, blah, blah, blah. But when I write poetry, it just comes out like that, right? So I've had a hanger. So ages ago, I sent this these vocals to my mate and then I went over to his house and I recorded it. He's put some beats off the internet, just on it. it turns out that's going to be opening up a conference in London with that track, right? And it's about health creativity and inequality and in the end of that track about homelessness i say peace and love to every one of you the same way as you did and i'd literally feeling that i had that's that feeling of connection to everyone else i had whilst i was writing that piece of music you're undergoing as well you know what i'm saying so it goes to show how how similar certain individuals will think and will People who want to connect with other people, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. I would come out with literally the same. You know I, what I mean? I started crying. Related. Yeah, I started yeah. crying when I heard you say that because in the dream I had just do it kind of thing. The first video I watched about like meditation and stuff, explaining the vipassana, the guy, yeah. I've just his name's Sadhguru from India, mm-hmm. and he's a yogi and he's set up World Yoga Day, he's been doing environmental, voluntary community, spiritual social action for like 30 40 years he's amazing guy i went on one of his yoga uh, courses a couple of weekends ago and it was life-changing but the video that i randomly clicked play on this morning he was saying vipassana isn't something you're meant to ask questions about you're just meant to do it so then i'd literally had this meditation telling me to do it then he was saying do it and then i saw your video and you were going peace and love to everyone here i was thinking I've just sent that vocal with me saying the same things to my nephew in Australia, who I originally started Hip Hop Heels because of and for. And then I emailed you straight away after because I had a cry because I felt like this moment. These same thoughts of like today not being a day of procrastinating or whatever. That's really, that's really very similar to my initial thoughts at the beginning of the day today. So it's like, (laughs) it's nice to wear a full circle. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's like I knew that my day needed to involve something and it, it, it was just, it's very fitting. It's almost like, it's almost, it can't be coincidental because it's too, you know what I mean? So that's what confirms my, it confirms my belief in spirituality and, and connection with the world, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. all the doubt in my mind that I'll have over however long and then something will come along just to remind you, okay, you know, you're yeah. on that path. You know what I'm saying? That is mental, mate. That is absolutely mind-blowing. It's, it's, sometimes I have a day, it's rare, right? But when you're doing the right thing, 
everything just falls into place. And uh, after I had a blub, I sorted myself out and I was like, I've wanted to talk to you for ages, right? As soon as I heard you, I was blown away. I was like, wow, he's a fucking legend. So I didn't know how to contact you. I tried to look up your details. So I've been looking for you online, how I could get your contact details and I couldn't find them. And then today, after I had a blub, I actually found your Insta with your email address on it. So I emailed you, you phoned me up a couple of hours later and then we were just, now here we are. So it's a- Lovely, beautiful <laughs> thing, you know what I'm saying? The music brings people together in the bit in amazing ways, you know what I'm saying? So what have you got to say to people who don't know about hip hop culture and think, right, we've got young people on our programs, we're a charity, we don't want to bring in negative violence, misogyny, we don't want people like Kiz and Mali in, encouraging people to do negative stuff. What would you say to them if they're listening now? Because that's what this podcast's so, about, man. For example, I feel like the music that I make and the message that I, I you know, um, say is is a testament to, to just, just how positive the outcome can, can be. And I feel like just to show some of the content to these people and to show, like, how much different it can be from your original, you know, misconception of what hip hop is. So it's just about showing, really. So what do show us? Yeah, show us. So, can you show us, man? Can you offer us some? What one thing I ask every guest, right, on Glow with the Flow podcast is, can you give yeah. us maybe eight bars, sixteen bars of a song, either you wrote or that you yeah. love, that can be used to inspire other people to get creative, something with a positive message that will boost. Um, yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, I don't do your little like bar now. Yeah, yeah, I'd love <laughs> 16, 8, whatever yeah, you yeah, want, so, mate. No, what is here? All right, then. So this is something that I wrote actually about a year or so ago now. But it was, it was in a darker time in my life, but these are the type of lyrics that I would write for, for them exactly you know, for this sort of stuff. So it goes like this, it goes, I'm trying to keep contentment, but it's gonna miss. How can I be an optimist in this metropolis? I'm getting boxes ticked till there's nothing on the list. So I'm staying on the ball like it's soccer on the pitch. Overindulging in the substance had to ease off it. Remember having no peas in my jeans pocket. Something came to my dreams, I was demonic. Now I preach realness through vocab with ebonics. And I'm still here telling a story. Psychosis in my head, I was poorly. I had to go to the doctor, I had to tell him to sort me. I'm feeling like my head's trying to suppress anything extort me and this is real sh- I ain't telling a porky I'm raising awareness so never ignore me so I like that you get me so yeah, these are the stuff that I, I would say in that verse specifically I'm speaking on a specific time in my life which basically was like so as the music started to pop off and you know become a, a more successful you know more shows more bookings would obviously come along with that and but along with the bookings and the shows comes the life around raving and you know being like that so and at the age that I was 19 years old I was you know you were a lot more impressionable in that sense so during that time and going uh, going a lot of places around the UK I'm meeting a lot of new people I started to feel you know certain like feelings of like anxiety and as I started to feel anxiety you know I would like try and search on the internet you know how I was feeling or whatever and you know, from the back of that, you know, you say your symptoms and it will say anxiety. And sort of from that day, I had a very hard, like, 
two years of just being able to deal with being in any public situation, you know what I'm saying? And, and it was so hard because my, my profession puts me very much in the limelight of in the public, but my innermost feeling did not want to be, you know, out there like that, you know what I'm saying? It was very, it's a very conflicting thing to have within you. And due to that being the case, I was like, so I introduced to like certain drugs, like, like Xanax and Valium and stuff like that. And when I took Xanax and Valium, these feelings of anxiety would be instantly relieved, you know what I'm saying? And for nearly a whole two years, that was like the answer to my issues, you know what I'm saying? And obviously these are very dangerous substances to be taken. So with that being the case, you know, I, I, it, I, you know, I went far, I took it a bit far, you know what I'm saying? Like every day, you know what I'm saying? But this was like trying to self-medicate sort of thing, you know what I'm saying? And this was affecting the music massively, affecting my life, my relationships or whatever. It was affecting everything, you know what I'm saying? And it, and it basically stopped me in my tracks from making music for a long time. One day, I, I thought, okay, I need to stop doing this stuff, you know what I'm saying? I need to stop, and I thought, right, so this is like January the 1st, 2018. I'm like, I'm gonna stop doing this. So I literally stopped taking what I've been medicating myself with every day for this long. And off the back of stopping these drugs, I actually ended up having a psychotic episode which lasted around 12 days or so. And it wasn't until a few days later, my mum started to notice what was going on. And I was actually hospitalised off the back of that. And it, it took me about a year to actually overcome it. And like, it, took, it didn't take me too long to, to relieve myself of like the delusion that that's linked to psychosis. But it took me a year to really settle back into myself as a character and, and become an artist again, like I did. And that, what I've just wrapped for you then was sort of, as I started to become a lot better, I want, and I wanted to speak on the, the, the turmoil that I was undergoing at that point in time. I, fe I feel like it's a massive, massive, like, therapeutic thing, like like, like what you're saying in your thesis, that like you've done in your thesis. I mean, what what I've just said and what I've just told you is a testament to, to the fact that surely just to, to, to be, you know, to, to express yourself with for your for yourself you don't need it doesn't need to be for any sort of notoriety or anything of that nature yeah thank you so much for sharing that I didn't know any of that about you I want to I want other people to listen to this and to feel like that number one they're not alone lots of people have issues around their mental health and then also to feel like inspiration that they can do something and come out the other side because I you know Medication can help and it does have some benefits. But for me, it feels like that's the first and only thing that I've been offered in a lot um, of cases. And it's not always been right for me as a person, you know what I mean? Oh, Defo, so, Defo. I wasn't prescribed these pills. I was getting it on, on road, you know what I'm saying? But, um, so that was what was massive, you know what I'm saying? Because like... I was being prescribed certain med medicines and that, um, but a lot of the, the pre-thing to do with it was, oh, get, you have to be on a course with them for six weeks and da da, da. And yeah. in my head, I, ha I didn't have six weeks worth of, do you know what I'm saying? So, but I would never put down prescription medicine, whatever, you know what I mean? Because like, that's a, a massive part of, you know, like I've got ADHD and 
taking my ADHD medication at certain points is very necessary. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. that without having at least the option for that growing up as a as a young boy and teenager, I w- I don't think I would have been able to, you know, level myself out as an in in my later years. So I'm definitely an advocate for like like all like healing yourself, but also if if there's external help that's needed, it's very necessary to get that. So let's say, you know, for men and young people in the UK, suicide's the number one killer. Yeah, so, number one cause of death. Yeah. Number one cause of death, right? That pisses me off because you think about accidents, you think about disease, you think about all all the other stuff, right? But we're failing our men and our younger, right? Like, so um, what can we do, in your opinion? Well, I, f- I feel like people, you know, like myself, who are, you know, the stereotypical young, you know, black man who, who, you know, dresses like this, whatever, cool, whatever, 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 but still showing that vulnerability might make another man, you know, want to want to do that. You know what I mean? And that's what I feel like my my purpose in life is that vulnerability in men is is good to be show, shown and it's not it's not in that you should be you know put down for or be told you're less of a man for but the all these conceptions are very very I, like, I grew up with my mum my sister you know what I'm saying I didn't really have a male in the household like that and sometimes I feel glad for that because the, some of the toxic masculine viewpoints weren't instilled into me at all. You know what I'm saying? I was I was taught to be very accepting of all people, but but I know that I, not everybody has been given the opportunity that I've been given in life when it comes down to stuff like that. So, so I feel like it's just like teaching the new kids like what the way, but also semi trying to reverse engineer what the adults. I've been, you know, undergoing. Yeah. Because I feel like the internet is perfect for that now, do you know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, opening up is perfect, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just about giving platforms for men to speak, do you know what I'm saying? Safe places for men to go and speak, do you know what I'm saying? Because a man's not gonna, you know, go on onto Facebook and write a fucking big, a big um, status about the way you know what I mean it's not really ever the case you know what I'm saying it's something that's very much bottled it bottled up but if we can just somehow as a society just show that you know it, it's not the way to be keep things bottled up then you know I think that we can yeah. definitely make some progress on that yeah I think a piece of paper and a pen is free isn't it like and it's not going to affect your it's not going to change your brain processes in an unnatural way but it can affect your brain processes in a natural way do you know what I mean without uh, chemical interference and stuff and like I've been looking up what yeah I've been offered antidepressants right because I've I've been experiencing trauma PTSD symptoms and I've never been diagnosed had a psychiatrist appointment because I requested a diagnosis just because like it's been 20 years do you know what I mean like you can't tell that I, I'm suffering from PTSD in 20 years of seeking medical help that is bare, bare negligence like I can't understand how some people <laughs> look at me and go oh this this and this has happened oh no 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 you're fine isn't it because like say for, for, for you because you're got a very you know like 
got, got very lively characteristics about yourself, very happy sounding in, in, in the way that your voice comes across. People are going to automatically assume that you don't need that, that help as opposed to the person who sat within themselves like, oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. cowarded within themselves. But like, that's the same with me having autism. You wouldn't necessarily look at me and, and you know, assume that I'm someone with a disability. But like, that's where I feel like we need more education on that. Like, just because something might not, just because it doesn't appear one way, doesn't yeah. mean that is the way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like it, this is getting better now and definitely for, for kids. But at this adult age, there's still a lot of us who are in need of this this care. And like I just said, that reverse engineering and that, you know what I mean? I feel like that's a massive part of what will help the youth. You know, because like you were saying earlier, the youth are just a reflection of who we are. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's mad. I've had these conversations with a couple of other lads that I know. One of them said to me, I've had seven of my mates die in the one year, right? That's one lad that I know. His seven mates all died, I think. I think six of them were suicide. One was an accident. Can you imagine? That you got... is crazy. And then another lad that I was speaking to recently is saying that he's got a friendship group. Four of them, or, or, or I think it was three. No, it was, it was four commit suicide, right? And when the first one went, the others were all rallying around going, oh man, what can we do? How could that happen? And then one by one, the ones that were supporting each other, they did it. And so the ones left now saying, I've talked to all these lads about, you know, yeah. what what pain we're in, what we could what could we have done to help them. And now they've done the same thing. And he feel he felt like he was betrayed a little bit because how could they do this after they knew what they were causing whatever? But it, it, you're not in that mindset where you're thinking, if you feel suicidal, you're not thinking about other people. You're thinking, how can I end? What's going on in my head, isn't it? Yeah. Literally, literally. And I feel like um, as much as, like I said, you might see your friends doing that, I feel like that we do lack communication in our male friendship. What can we do, man? What can we do? Because like even, even me, like even me, even showing this vulnerability that I show publicly, I, I couldn't even see myself if I'm really feeling down to go to one of my friends and be like, and that's actually quite sad knowing knowing that that's a reality, but that's just how it goes. You know what I'm saying? But like, why should this is that why, be though? Why why should men have to put up with that? And then loads of them are dying. I feel like, I feel like it's it's it, it's you know semi fear of the reaction, not not being the reaction that you're searching for, and you know like sometimes. Men need to have a nurturing individual. And say, for example, two women together have, having a conversation, they can be nurturing towards each other because that's naturally within a woman's nature. But yeah. with men, we're very we're, we're we're programmed to not have that that, that thing about us yeah, and between yeah, 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 you know, yeah. between each other in our friendship groups. So I mean. It's just, it is, a, it is a shame. And I, and just exploring that in this conversation, I've seen how much, how prevalent of a thing that is in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so let, let's say some blokes are listening to this podcast now. And mm-hmm. if somebody comes to them and says, look, mate, I'm not feeling quite right in myself or I'm feeling a bit down, instead of going, oh, 
uh, livenly up yourself, your pussy, stop being a crybaby or whatever it is that lads say to me because I'm just making it up off the top of my head here because some of the lads I know, even though they're deep caring, they've had mental health problems, they would still, because it's your automatic reaction, if, like, if you're watching a footy and lads are having banter, if somebody says something, you immediately sort of, like, a little bit, having a little, not like a, a mental fist fight, but through yeah, your words, where you're knocking them down a little bit, going, oh, come on, come on, mate, come on, sort yourself yeah. out, you know. So yeah. that will stop somebody from actually opening up, innit? So what what can you say? Well, Something comes to you? One thing that I'd say, like, for, for me personally, to other people, if it was me and that person in the situation, the door is always open for me to have a conversation with you about how you feel, you know what I'm saying? And it can be completely unrelated to anything to do with me or whatever. And I just, I feel like with my music, I can, I can show that I'm a person who you can approach. I'm very approachable in that sense, you know what I'm saying? So there's more things that I could do as an individual to make that a thing, you know what I'm saying? I could really promote the fact that the door is open here for you to explore whatever it is that you need to, you know, get off your chest or whatever. That's the main thing is that the door is open and that me telling my story to you might make you realise how how easy it is once you've got past that initial, you know, ego, it, that, you know, and that initial, that, that initial, you know, pride that you have within yourself, that, that's like you're hardwired to have as a, as a male anyway, do you know what I'm saying? So, it, yeah, I feel like as a musician, to promote that and yeah. then also my, my purpose and my responsibility is after the song's finished, after the music's over and the music's gone, where am I for these people? Do you know what I'm saying? Who am I to these people? Yeah, there's limits to what you can do as well because, you know, you got a baby, you got a missus, you got to pay the bills, you got to do things. You can't be an open door for everybody, innit? But... That's all, that's all. But, like, like... Having an outlet, just like your outlet with the hip hop heels, it's having that outlet for that to be an open conversation. It's something yeah. that I feel like my responsibility to create or to maintain that with my music. It's a lot to think about, man. Really is a lot to think about. It is because it, it is a big, massive question. Because, like I said, we can have this whole conversation, but it's like when we think about when when, when to put things into practice. What is our at once on first action or what do you what do you think what do you think a first action should be? I mean like I know I've said that I'm do I'm writing funding bids and I want to you know I've been trained in delivering group sessions using yeah. techniques from group therapy, techniques from music therapy. You know, being able to have a group, you know, of young people and being able to, you know, document the the progress of that. Being able to have the progress shown with that will be it will then enable other people to see this content and see the outcome and then we can, you know, it might interest someone, it, it might not interest that person, it could interest that person who's a father and their son is because that's a lot of a lot of messages that I get of like, yeah, my son's got autism or my daughter's got ADHD, or you know what I mean? And I feel like if we can speak to parents in a way or to move parents in a way that makes them feel as though it's completely necessary to come and 
you know, bring the children to this environment. I think that that's the best action is just making it public that you are an advocate for this, for mental health, for disability, for racism. Making that public, making that, you know, the forefront of your creative output because you'd be surprised how many people will want to message you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? So many- I'm, I've written stuff and I know because it's come from the heart and it, it's real, right? I haven't written it for anyone else. I've written because I needed to write straight up. Nothing for anybody else. Nothing for, for show. Never meant to be released in any kind of way. But now when I read back stuff that I've written, because it was written in that zone, my jaw drops with the power of it. Right. And I'm the writer, so I'm familiar with it. And then on the occasions I have performed the odd thing where somebody's asked me to come and do stuff. It's always when somebody's asked me because they know what, what I do kind of thing. And they haven't read my stuff. They've just said, kids, can you do a poem? And I've done it. And then the first ever gig I did a spoken word gig, I had 13 people come up to me after and say to me, whoa, that touched me here. It's a great feeling when when performing live and then you finish, you get off the stage or whatever. And you know what I mean? That that within itself, you you see that's it. Them 13 people who've done that in real life, imagine on the internet on a big, more scaled platform that would be 13,000 people yeah yeah I've I've always felt like I've always felt like for some reason like I didn't want to be in the spotlight myself but to facilitate other people to but then it it wasn't my choice that I ended up writing like this it just came to me do you know what I mean and I had this one lad come up to me that night that that's what was shot like because it was just genuine you weren't trying to make it for anything no that's what that's what people gravitate towards. They gravitate towards, you know, oh, this sounds just like, this is so genuine, this is so yeah. real. I mean, yeah, it, it's like I couldn't not write it. It wasn't in my power to contain it. It had to come out onto the page. So this one lad came up to, in fact, I, th- I think about four lads came to me and said, you made me cry. I was struggling to keep my eyes from watering. And, I, you know, that we were in a bar. You know what I mean? We were in a... We're a venue, there's DJs playing and stuff. It goes to show how powerful that was because you're in an environment which is the opposite of yeah, vulnerable or, or exactly. showing your emotions. You, people are out there to escape that, but the fact that they get to hone in that, them feelings and actually have a moment of reflection on the night out. Good, yeah, it? so maybe, I think, going away, I think, the one thing that I've neglected massively in the Hip Hop Heels journey is actually putting my own poetry and writing and bars out and maybe getting a SoundCloud together and stuff like that. And I think I'll take action for me to do that because I know when I have shared it with other people, people have resonated and it's helped them to open up conversations. So for the listeners, me and Mally had a conversation on the phone. I said I'd written a poem, sent it to my pal, he showed it to two of his male friends and it was about suicide. Both of the friends said, that's how I feel. And because the poem was a starting point for the conversation, they didn't just go, hey, hi, I feel suicidal today. It was the poem that allowed their conversation to open. So, yeah, my pal could then keep an eye on his mates. So I've always worried about gloating, being in the limelight, trying to get people to look at me, showing off and all that stuff. But 
that's not my intention. I guess if I'm I'm talking to my I'm not talking myself down here a little bit. So for example, you see them two people there that, that you affected through that poem. That is more valuable than somebody than saying, Oh, you're a show off. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Or it's more valuable than getting a hundred thousand views on a on, on a track just just because of the music. You know what I'm saying? It's like you've affected two people. You've moved them two people in a way that has affected them, you know, and could have prevented something bad from happening. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, never so thought of it like that. Purpose, your purpose for that for that song is is, is completed. Do you know what I'm saying? Mate, I'm gonna have to. Um, I just keep procrastinating because I'm scared. So what, what, okay, so for the listeners, any young people that are out there or any people there that are procrastinating like me and a bit scared and stuff like that, what would you say? Like, what stopped you from caring about what other people think when you got in, into this and you just started rapping? Because you could have said, nobody's going to like me. I've got a disability. People are going to laugh at me because, you know, the world is cruel, isn't it? Well, I'd say that my initial, like, thing with releasing music was that I was just genuinely curious to see if I put rap on the internet, what is people's reaction going to be? I was just curious, do you know what I mean? Like, I remember sitting there on the first the first thing I ever uploaded of a rap. I remember sitting there and I uploaded it onto Facebook. I remember watching the thing go up and we all was bleeding. I was like, oh my God, I put this on, do you know what I mean? Like, I, that was really intense, do you know what I mean? And uh, off the back of that positive reaction, I realised, whoa, People like this, so I started rapping more, putting stuff out, people liked it, whatever. And then next minute, I put a, um, um, yeah, a situation happened in my life which just made me feel pretty down and stuff. And I feel like that's where I've written the truth part one and two. And I really didn't think nothing of it at the time. I didn't think, yeah, I'm putting out this deep music and I'm going to affect loads of people. I just put it out because I thought, yeah, this is how I feel and this is the tune that I did. And it got the biggest, you know, response. And like, from seeing that one track, the truth part one, get, you know, do such big numbers and and, and also the, the, the response it got, I realized that, oh shit, this is a thing, this, you know what I mean? And then ever since then, really, so I, I guess for me, I was blessed with the fact that, you know, people took a liking to me as an artist anyway. But for someone who hasn't got themselves out there in the first place and that, I just think that you put something out there, especially from the heart, you'll be very, very, very surprised at the reaction. You know what I'm saying? Oh, very surprised. If, if, if you're um, into drill and you're seeing lots of messages come out and they're not part of your lifestyle and you're copying what other people are saying yeah. what's your advice to people who are like mimicking what they see instead of yeah. writing genuine bars like linked to their life story rather than you know tell them okay well this is that and that is this i would just ask them questions like like, do, do you like this music that you're making out? Like, do you like the stuff you talk about and stuff? Like, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll let them answer that question for themselves, you know what I'm saying? And like, they, I could do, I could do that, you know, there's certain ways to ask a question without, you know, having any accusations because along with this music being very violent, very negative, there, there's also a group of kids out there who are just, way too impressionable and they, they don't even know that they're talking on this because all they see in, on 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 in the charts now is all this drill stuff so you, you believe that that's the only way do you know what I'm saying but for me personally I don't believe that the music will 
stick forever just because of the nature of it, the negative. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's loads of genres that have been and gone over the past 20 years. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? And like, there's a there's a very common thing within all these genres, and it's just that they it's it's just that there is no substance to the music. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like if you get paper and burn it, it just goes boom. If you get yeah. a solid log, a branch of a tree. It's got substance, it's exactly. built, exactly. it's going to burn for a long time. Yeah, exactly. I've been making campfires in the garden, in it over the last few, yeah. few weeks. I've been... got an allergy there now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like they're, both, they're both on fire. They're both got the same purpose. They're both getting to the same outcome. It's just that one is sustaining itself for a lot longer than the yeah. other one, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that this drill music is rubbish and the, the artists aren't talented because the very talented artists, you know what I mean? It's very catchy music coming out now. But like I said, what's being talked about is obviously quite questionable. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, even more now, like when it was gangster rap in the 90s, like, you know, there was all uproar about that. But along with being a gangster and talking about being a gangster in the 90s, there was also a level of class involved with the music, a level of being a respectful individual, respectful to your elders, whereas now, no respect to any elders. Like, when it, when you look at, like, gang culture in, in the UK, you know, you see it, it's all made up of little different... Set, like, the idea of a gang 30 years ago is a completely different, different concept. Thing to what yeah. it is today, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, now it's just, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's a group of five friends, they call themselves Sutton, and then they, you know, cause aggravation to people, do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, basically, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. levels of respect with the gangs, isn't there? And like you were saying about how people wouldn't be crossing certain lines and like killing and causing trouble is, you know, it's yeah. negative to start with, but there's unwritten rules like never you know, shooting someone in the back or hit like yeah. getting on someone's kids and their grandparents and their yeah, parents. Yeah, There's unwritten yeah, rules. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like nowadays in obliterated culture, yeah, that's gone now. Like that respect for that that, that them them lines that are not to be stepped are now a grey area. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's like it's that fickle now that even your gang. It is it is is at risk of of you know deteriorate imploding yeah 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 very intense and I just see I see you know like a group of four or five lads might come to my house and I think do you even like each other do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> really like look out for each other when it come down to it and I just think that yeah it's a shame in it but the people who are in the limelight and at the forefront of things are just you know, feeding that. You know what I mean? I don't want to sound like a, an old man or something. I know there. what you mean. I know but, what you mean. But now, more than ever, there's a very, very negative impact happening. I see it, you know what I mean? Well, where I live, like, for example, where I live, like, me growing up, if someone got stabbed, it was a very, like, whoa, that's fucking crazy, you know what I'm saying? But now, it's still mad. <laughs> but it's yeah. not as surprising, you know what I mean? Like, it happened, you know what I mean? Like, Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So before we go, I would like you to tell us a little bit about music that you co- you've got coming out, coming releasing any new tracks, events. Yeah, man. Um, well, one of the more immediate things is I've got an event 
on the 18th in Bristol. If you follow me on Instagram, you know, you'll find more information about that. That's going to be a live stream event. You know, we've got COVID at the minute, but we're still trying to make things happen. So that's one thing. What's your Insta? What is your Insta and Twitter and YouTube? It's Man Like Mali on Instagram, Man Like Mali on YouTube. Yeah, and how are you like spelling? Mali. How are you spelling Mali? Is it Y or I E on the end? So it's Man Like M A L L Y. Excellent. So, what track would you like to share with us today to finish off? So today I'm going to share with you a tune that I did a few months ago for a company that I work with in Liverpool called Twenty Stories High. They're basically like a youth theatre organisation they also do a lot of other shows and stuff like that so they basically commission like maybe a a lot of the black staff members to do something creative about you know being a black person obviously me being me I decided to make you know a rap out of it so with that being the case I would love to share this with you so I'm going to play this chat now Yay. And you said that you haven't released it on your own platform, so it's an exclusive. Uh, this is exclusive. This, this is exclusive. Woo. It hasn't been released properly yet. So, yeah, man, I will play this now. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Keeping up my patience as I'm lifting up a nation where the kids ain't educated about the Windrush generation or the emancipation proclamation or the reparations and the 40 acres and the mule that was the estimation. Letter to the melanin possessor, we ain't pressing under pressure cause we're excellent as ever. But now the whips and the chains in the other hands cause we drive the whips and we're the chains from the motherland. It's nothing grand when I'm looking out the window, but going down from another round of Jim Crow. And we do rag and me pants are a bit low, slum government cause the Babylon's it is show. Clouds that agree, come around for the day, but I'm surrounded by love so the clouds gone away. I say clouds that agree, come around for the day. But I'm surrounded by ropes so the clouds gone away This man, that man, still a black man Intimidating as a masked man Me mum's English, me dad from Sudan Salam alaikum, walaikum salam This man, that man, still a black man Intimidating as a masked man Me mum's English, me dad from Sudan Salam alaikum, walaikum salam Man a black with a capital B Man a black with a capital B With a capital Man a black with a capital B Man a black with a capital B with a capital, yeah, black with a capital B. And I've never been a savage, and I've never been an animal. Said I'm black with a capital B. Said I'm black with a capital B. With a capital, yeah, man. Whoa, that was heavy, man. I love that, man. The, every every bar was like like a three course dinner. That's the only way I can describe yeah, man, it. I the beast. That. With that track, I, just, I wanted to, you know, involve a lot of facts uh, along with just like, you know, I didn't want to just try and sound angry about, you know, this this world or whatever. I just really wanted to, you know, be factual. Like the way I'm talking about reparations, just talking about how, you know, that black people still haven't received anything from, you know, what their ancestors had, had gone through, you know couple hundred years ago whatever so i'm just trying to explore them things and you know i'm talking about like you know we you know now the whips and the chains are in the other hand because we wear the we drive the whips and wear the chains from the motherland <laughs> to get me because you oh know, mate 
Two separate meanings there, but it's weird how shit goes full circle like that. I know, man. And you know, hip hop's a multi billion dollar industry and it's captivating everybody up here. It's it's enslaved people up here, but in a positive way. So, man like Mali, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Love to you for coming on. It's amazing to meet you and everybody out there, buy Mali's music, subscribe to his page. Follow him on all the social media and spread that positive message, guys. Man, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Peace out. You've been listening to Glow the Flow podcast by Hip Hop Heels UK. Follow us on socials at Hip Hop Heels UK. Season two was funded by the Arts Council. Thank you for listening. Thanks.